0: Electional astrology. To put it simply, electional astrology is the art of choosing an auspicious time to plan an event or to start something important. It's looking ahead at the astroweather, analyzing the transits, and choosing a time when the planetary power will have a maximum impact for your endeavor. You can use electional charts for pretty much damn near anything. A wedding date, when to start a book, buying a house, going to college, starting a new business venture, vacation times. It's all about choosing the best time to do something that you've already mentally committed to doing. You're looking for the best time, astrologically speaking, to execute it. Okay, so what's the difference between a natal chart and electional charts then? the big obvious difference is that you get to choose an electional chart. Since we're selecting a time and a date for when we begin or do something, we're basically selecting the planetary energy that we're infusing into our project, which is different from our natal charts because we didn't have a hand in the lot that was cast for us. I mean, there's no evidence yet that we have anything to do with our birth times. I'm sure there are theories out there and lots of past lives stuff, but for the sake of what I'm talking about today, we don't have a conscious dealing with our birth chart that we can say for sure, like, yeah, I was a part of that. I chose to be a Libra rising. Yeah, I can't say that, (laughs) but I can say for other things that I chose this for this project or, you know, whatever. Natal charts speak to the planetary powers that we personally embody, and electional charts are the planetary influences your project receives. Let's talk about some examples and what you should take into account when you want to cast an electional chart. Let's use the example of starting a business. So let's say a floral shop. You and I are going to go into business and we're going to start a floral shop together. And I say, hey, let's pick a really good time to uh, start this business. I want to get it started on the right foot. I'm an astrologer, and I'm going to look at the astro weather for opening day when we decide to open the doors of our floral business. So the first thing we want to look at is the rising sign and sect. As always, we want to think about whether we want a day or a night chart. Who do we want our main benefics to be? And who do we want our malefics to be? So that's just something right off the bat. Do we want a day or a night chart? We got to figure that out. And uh, whichever you choose, you know, that's up to you. Depends on what you're going for. So once you have sect under control, once you picked whether you want a day or night chart, the next thing you need to be thinking about is the ascendant. The ascendant will configure how the rest of the chart is laid out because it's the first house. Since it's a floral business, We might want to have a rising that will lend beautiful aesthetics. So you'd want a Venus-ruled ascendant, meaning Taurus or Libra. So basically, just choose a time that gives you a rising sign that will be a good face for your business. Think of the planet that you want representing your endeavor. So since we have this floral business, I really think that Venus will be good for us. So we're either going to pick Taurus or Libra. Venus is going to be representing our business. It's going to be the face, it's the ascendant, it's the rising. So yeah, that's a pretty easy one for the example given here. Other endeavors, you might pick something else. Again, depending on what you're opening, if you're opening a gym, you'd probably want Mars as your ascendant, so you could give that Martian energy off. But for us, it's Venus. Once you have the ascendant chosen, you then want to make sure the ruling planet of the ascendant is seated nicely in the chart. In our example, that means Venus. Ideally, this means that Venus would be in her domicile, in her joy, free of aspects with malefic planets, and then making aspects to benefic ones. So let's break that down. Venus would be in her domicile in Taurus or Libra. She experiences her joy in the fifth house, meaning she feels most at home in the fifth house and expresses naturally there, And then just being sure that Libra would be making harmonic aspects with other planets, specifically the Benefics, but also staying away from dynamic aspects with the Malefics. So just to recap this one, you want to make sure you know what sect you want, day or night. And then the Ascendant. The Ascendant is really important because it sets up everything. It's like setting up a, a chessboard essentially, or setting up a game board in general. It's where are we starting? The first house, what do we want the first house to be? Because after the first house, it just indicates everything after that. So we're just going to go around. So if say we picked the Libra rising for our floral business, then the second house is going to be Scorpio and then the third Sagittarius and so on. So those are things to take into account just right off the bat. Once we have the Ascendant pinned down, the next thing we want to look at is the Moon. The Moon is uh, one of the really big important pieces of an electional chart. When I settled on the name Moon Matters, it was partly because the Moon is so integral to so many different parts of astrology, and this is just an example of another one of them. Having a well-placed Moon in an electional chart sets the endeavor up for greatness you would apply the same rules to the moon as the ascendant. You'd want the moon to be in her domicile, in her joy, and aspecting the benefics more than the malefics. So the moon is in uh, its domicile when it's in Cancer, and it's in its joy when it's in the third house. But having the moon in any positive house or an angular house would also be a really good thing. So at this point, we're looking for a chart that has a well-placed ascendant, And then we're also looking for a really well-placed moon in the chart. The moon is going to be the mood of your endeavor. It's really going to imbue just kind of the whole energy. The ruling planet of the Ascendant and the moon are the ones that are like, okay, we're top dog in this chart and we are giving all of our energy into the endeavor. So really make sure they're in good houses, good signs, and that they're just happy. You want to make sure those two planets are happy and well-placed. The next thing we got to think about are the houses. The angular houses are the 1st, the 4th, the 7th, and the 10th. Those hold a lot of weight in any type of astrological chart, and electional charts are no different. Any planets that the electional chart has in an angular house, so the 1st, the 4th, the 7th, or the 10th, is going to be bolstered, causing them to be more active in the chart. The ruler of the Ascendant and the moon will always be, again, top dog, but any planets in those other four houses, it's going to be a big deal. They are really going to have an impact as well. So while we know that the moon and the ruler of the Ascendant are important and we need to watch their placements, We can't just throw everybody else out. We can't be like, okay, moon's in domicile, ruler of the ascendant's in domicile, we're good to go. Everybody else, you can get crap houses. (laughs) No, that's not the case. You really need to think about where else they're going to be in the chart. To give an example, Mercury is one to think about because communication with people is important to any business. It would be beneficial to put Mercury in one of the angular houses to make it a staple energy in the chart. So if you could get Mercury in its domicile, which would be Virgo or Gemini, or if you could even put it in the first house because Mercury has its joy in the first house, that would be really great. But even if it's in the fourth, the seventh, or the tenth, that would also be really good. If for some reason you cannot get Mercury somewhere happy, Then at least make sure it's making harmonic aspects to the benefic planets, and that should be good enough. That'll give you a little bit of communication uh, help anyway. It'll do something for you. Now, I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm talking about ascendants and the moon and joys and all that, but there is one more thing that we need to take into consideration when casting an electional chart. So, one of the last things we need to look at is we need to make sure the chart matches up with us if we're going to have this flower business, then we need to make sure that our charts are compatible with the chart that we're casting. And you might be thinking, you know, I'm going to make my business super Capricorn heavy. There's no way it can fail then. You know, Capricorn's the workaholic and I'm going to make a bunch of money and it's going to be great and I'll never give up. Well, that's cool and all. But if you have a natal chart that doesn't jive with the rigidity and rules of Capricorn, then you're pretty much gonna hate running your business. Your business is gonna feel super stifling and it's just not gonna jive with you and you're probably never gonna wanna work there. So it's really important to cast an electional chart for your business or again, whatever endeavor you're doing that jives with you. So definitely take yourself into account when creating an electional chart. At the end of the day, it has to feel right for you. Otherwise, it's just gonna feel really uncomfortable. Electional charts aren't easy to calculate and there's astrologers dedicated to doing solely that. It's a beautiful practice that can help us harness the power of the planets. Now, I said I was going to talk about the podcast as an example, and I'm going to, but I do wanna be honest. Just, you know, I can't help but be honest with you babes. I didn't exactly plan the Moon Matters chart. Remember when I said it was important to have the right vibes and to feel right when you're planning an electional chart? Well, that's what I went off of pure vibes. Something in me said, start the podcast now. And I listened. Today, we're going to see if that was a worthwhile way to cast an electional chart or if my intuition has failed me. I've never really gone through the chart of the podcast this in depth before. So, this is kind of me and you. Going through this together, learning about this and seeing if I made a good decision or if I should have planned a little bit more. While we go through the podcast chart, it'll just be a good way to see and hear how the placements have been playing out in real time. And we'll actually go through the checklist I gave, starting with the Ascendant. Maybe you should pause it right now and try to guess what the Moon Matters chart is, what the Ascendant of the Moon Matters chart is. So I'll give you a second. Okay, did you guess? Moon Matters is a Scorpio rising. Had I actually sat down and picked this chart, I probably wouldn't have went with this rising. And not because I don't like Scorpio risings, we all know for a fact. I think I've made it very clear that I love Scorpio placements. But because I would have thought, hmm, should probably pick a Mercury-based sign, because I do a lot of talking and writing and communicating, I wouldn't have thought. To pick Scorpio or a Mars based sign. But since we are working with Scorpio, that means Mars. You babes know I love Mars. It's my moon sign, it's the master of my nativity, it rules over pretty much everything I do. So the fact that my podcast is a Scorpio rising actually turned out to be kind of a great thing. In the Moon Matters chart, Mars is in its domicile in Aries and in its joy in the sixth house. Isn't that insane? Like, that's about as happy as Mars is going to get. Like, as far as malefics go, that's such a solid placement for Mars. It can express itself freely and be as Martian as it pleases. So really, <laughs> for having Mars, a malefic, as the ruler, the chart ruler of my podcast, it worked out pretty well. It's, it's blowing my mind right now. Remember, we're going through this together, so this is crazy. Mars being in the sixth house speaks to me being able to use the podcast as a service to others. It is a service that I provide, and I do it on a routine basis. I always like to say that Moon Matters is a labor of love, and that placement really encompasses that vibe for me. Now let's move on to the Moon. Before I tell you the placement, remember, I did not sit down and plan this. I went purely by the vibes and listening to my instincts. You know, I'm I'm that chaotic fire. I don't sit down and plan stuff. I get the itch and I go. So let's see what the moon is. It just so happens that the moon is also in its domicile in Cancer and it's in the ninth house, which the ninth house encompasses higher learning, astrology, and mental expansion. This one just kind of also blows me away because it, both the ruler of the Ascendant and the moon are in their domicile and in houses that are beneficial for the purposes of the podcast. It, we're, I got two points now for me, you know, for the vibes right now. I went with my vibes instead of planning it out. Two points for me. We're, we're doing good so far. Up next are the angular houses. The podcast has the sun and Mercury in the 10th house, which that's an angular house, so that's awesome. Even though Mercury didn't get to be the ruler of the Ascendant, it did get an awesome place in the 10th house, which is the house of career, destiny, and public life. So I'm pretty happy with that as well. And then the sun, I mean, the podcast is, since its birthday is today, that means it's a Leo sun. So I would say it's probably pretty happy in the 10th house, you know, shining, being the center of attention in the most visible house. So the last thing that we need to look at is, how does this chart compare to my natal one? And without boring you and going into too much detail, it's honestly pretty amazing. The podcast chart and my chart have a synastry that just, it could bring tears to my eyes. It's probably, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, but it's probably the most compatible relationship I've ever <laughs> like drawn up for myself or looked at. So anyone I've ever dated... You've never been as compatible with me as my podcast has been. (laughs) This episode really is a celebration of Moon Matters. I've never thought of myself as a creative person or definitely not an artistic person, but this podcast has changed that perception. This was pure, unfiltered creative energy. You don't have to know how to draw or play music to be artistic. You just have to let yourself create. Let whatever is in your soul out and let it run wild and free. Now, for all the goodness in the Moon Matters chart, there are some sticky areas. I'm not going to say that it's perfect because honestly, no electional chart will be perfect. This is something that I think we should all be aware of when we are planning out electional charts or if you hire someone to plan an electional chart, there's always going to be not so great stuff. And you can't avoid that. There's never in the world will there be just a chart that has all good because it doesn't exist. It, it's just not a thing. There's gonna always be tension. And honestly, if there's not tension, then the chart's gonna be boring. It's not gonna get anything done. You need tension in a chart to make moves, to make things happen, to shake things up. You'd never wanna change anything if your chart was too good. And then you'd never try to better yourself. So, having some sticky points in your electional chart, in your natal chart, in any chart really, is actually a good thing. So, let's look at some of the Moon Matters chart sticky areas. There are some dynamic aspects with the malefics and the moon, and the sign Jupiter is in isn't exactly my favorite, (laughs) but guess what? It works. No electional chart is gonna be perfect, like I said. It's just not going to be a thing. We need those dynamic aspects to create tension and keep us moving and to keep us creating. I couldn't have asked for a better chart, and I honestly couldn't have planned one either. That's why I stress that you need to do your elections in a way that suits you. If you're a vibes person like me, if you are flighty like me, and you just kind of get the itch, you get the sensation, and you trust your intuition then do it like this. Do it your way. Go with the vibes. But if you're a methodical planner, then plan it out. Sit down, look at the transits, look at the charts, hire someone to help you, and plan it out. The election needs to make sense for you, so do what feels best and commit to it wholeheartedly. That's another thing about electional charts is if you're going to do it, you got to commit to it. I, I'm stuck with this chart, even if there's things I don't like about it. Like I said, I don't really like the Jupiter placement all that much. I wish it would be a little bit better. The sign that it's in isn't my favorite, but it's okay. It works and it, I'm working with it. That's the thing. That is one of the placements that's like, okay, I know that's kind of a sticky point for me. Let's work around it. Let's see how we can use it to our advantage and be innovative. I hope this helped. I, ho- I know it was quick and dirty, you know. We got back into the classroom and we're, I'm just throwing a bunch of things at you. But I thought this would be a fun one to do on Moon Matters' birthday. I really did. So just to recap, if you want to sit down and plan something out, you got to look at the Ascendant. You need to take sect into consideration. You want to make sure the ruler of the Ascendant is well-seated. You want to make sure the moon is well-seated. You want to look at the angular houses and make sure that even if things aren't in their domiciles, if planets aren't in their domicile, that they're at least in a house that they're happy in, especially an angular house. And then also just your electional chart and you, do you vibe with it? If there's a bunch of, uh, say you are someone who likes to plan, let's do it this way. Say you're someone who likes to plan, maybe you have a lot of earth energy. If you are, Planning an election for something that's like a lot of fire, that's not going to jive with you. Maybe it will if you have certain placements, but that's going to be pretty chaotic for someone who likes to plan things out and be grounded. So do what's right for you and trust your instincts, trust your energy, because you know what you vibe with. Thank you all again for giving me the time and space to create something awesome for you, babes. If you want more moon content before the next episode head on over to my Instagram, at moonmatters.astro, or Twitter, at moonmatters. I'm trying to keep active on Instagram, so I'm not like entirely ghost during this hiatus, but again, I am taking time and using it wisely. So pop by Instagram, say hi, tell me about an election you plan on doing, tell me about a business you're trying to plan, and you know, maybe I can give you some tips, I can't plan it for you, because again, I'm not an electional astrologer by any means, but I can tell you what I think good placements for your election would be. I'd love to hear about your endeavors. I'd love to hear about what creative things you got going on. And also, just stop by Instagram to wish Moon Matters a happy birthday, because this is crazy. I'm so glad it's been a year, and I can't wait for the many years to come. All right, my babes, I'll see you all later.